0: Coming up on This Week in Games, Washington State targets the casual casino market, Unity releases the full source code, and is Snapchat moving into games? We'll find out This Week in Games. Hi, welcome to This Week in Games, or... Well, should I say it? This is more like last week in games. I'm your host, Eric McConnell, and we are officially in the desert of game industry news that follows GDC. Because basically nothing happened last week. Um, I was out of town, so I wasn't able to record this, but don't worry guys, you didn't miss pretty much anything. And this should be a pretty uh, brief episode. So let's just go ahead and hit uh, our news last week. Big Fish Casino has been ruled illegal in Washington State. So, in Washington, an appeals court has ruled digital currency as a thing of value and thus under their illegal gambling laws puts Big Fish Casino in the category of illegal gambling. Basically, they're ruling that when you buy digital currency to then gamble with, you are gambling with something of value because the digital currency has value. The argument against that is that you can't actually translate the digital currency to any other value, so it has no value. This is a pretty dangerous precedent, in my opinion, because the way the law describes it, this could be applied to many, many, many different monetization strategies and mobile games and basically, like, I don't know, like the whole game industry. I mean, definitely loot loot boxes would be next if this were to hold up. So, it's interesting because Washington State, if I remember correctly, was also a leader in getting online poker classified as illegal, along with, obviously, Nevada. And earlier, they submitted that bill, if you remember me covering it, to determine whether loot boxes are a form of gambling. So, if you're a mobile game company, don't move to Washington State. All right, next up, Google announces 15,000 scholarship for African developers. This is kind of just a feel-good story of the week. Um, Google is offering free access to a two-month-long single course at Udacity's online platform to 15,000 African developments, developers. The courses can be anything from Android development, HTML5 development, web application courses, so on and so on. In addition to those 15,000 um, two-month-long courses, they're offering another 500 six-month-long quote-unquote nano degree scholarships to people who complete the first uh, set of the two-month-long courses. So pretty much good job Google and you know really I think obviously China and India are big markets but I think everyone is sleeping on Africa right now and it'd be really great to see some game developers come out of Africa, mainly Nigeria or some of the more developed countries and really I guess give their local take on game development and share that with the world. So I'm curious to see what happens and good job Google. So next up, Unity releases the full source code on GitHub. This isn't like groundbreaking because you can technically decompile the source code yourself or pay for a service that already decompiled and assembled the source code for Unity. However. It's pretty good. So the code is under a reference only license with intentions for developers to basically just better understand what's going on under Hood of Unity so that they then can apply that knowledge when making decisions when making their games. The license does not allow for modifications. However, I mean, I I can see probably a lot of colleges may be studying this source code in the future to help teach kids architecture or game development. So, good move, Unity. And finally, in the news, we have scumbag of the week. We have Matt Kahn, the mid-boss CEO, has been accused of, I don't know, just about anything a terrible boss can be <laughs> accused of. So, MidBoss, known for the game 2064 read-only memories, is under hot fire as accusations come out against CEO Matt Kahn. So, we've had a marketer, a writer, a photographer, and a musician, though the musician heard all their news secondhand, have come out speaking against Matt Kahn and accusing him of sexual harassment, misconduct, and illegally underpaying his employees, sometimes lower than minimum wage, at MidBoss. You know, it's a really slow week when this is one of my top <laughs> news stories of the week, but, uh, yeah, please don't work for this guy or work with him. And Matt Con hasn't come out and really defended himself, nor has a lawsuit, as far as I know, at this point, come up against him. However, um, just avoid Matt Con altogether, I guess, would be best practices. So let's get to business news. This is this is actually interesting news. So Snapchat acquires Play Canvas, and Play Canvas, for those you don't know, is a cloud-based HTML html5 game engine so what does that mean it's basically you can use play canvas to make multiplayer games or messenger games or any type of social or massively multiplayer game through html5 the play canvas's game engine has been used by king disney and nickelodeon and it's pretty interesting that snapchat would just acquire them now it hasn't been disclosed how much they've acquired them for However, a lot of the rumblings are that Snapchat has an AR platform they're looking to release, and I wonder where a cloud-based game engine sits in that AR platform. Is Snapchat trying to compete with the iOS and Google Play Store? I don't know, but uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. However, Snapchat's stock, I think, is doing pretty badly, so... Um, yeah, I'm curious to see, let's see, Snapchat stock, yeah, they're currently valued at almost half of what they IPO'd at, so they need to do something big, and this would be an interesting move for them to get into AR games on a platform level. Alright, next up, StarVR files for a $16.4 million IPO in Taiwan. So for those of you who don't remember, I've covered StarVR VR a few times, but I refer to them as Star Breeze. So, Star VR is the actual VR arm of Star Breeze, and it's pretty weird that um, the kind of VR arm of a ma- bigger studio or bigger company is going public on their own instead of just as a part of Star Breeze. But anyways, the Star VR is going public with 48 million shares of common stock. At a per value of about 34 cents. Remember, this is Taiwan, so the stock evaluations can be much lower and still appear on their exchange. Um, so, remember, I covered Star Breeze being in these VR parks? That was all Star VR. So, Star VR is currently being offered in LA, New York, Tokyo. And remember the story a few weeks ago in Dubai in these special like VR parks. Interesting move. Um, I, from what I've read, Starbreeze isn't doing too well and that by cutting off Star VR as its own entity Maybe it's a way to raise money and save both companies. I don't know We'll find out next up team 17 is planning a 200 million pounds not US dollars offering on the London stock market, so team 17 is famous for creating the worm series We've all played many different iterations of the worm series because it's been around forever and by doing this, they will become the UK's third largest publisher. So with that money, they're planning, with the money raised from the offering on the London Stock Exchange, um, they're going to publish four games this year. And they actually have a eerily giant um, library games that they publish. So interesting to see it. Big pivot from making worms to now being the third largest publisher in the UK. And next up, GameStop bad news. This is actually interesting because I found out something I didn't know about GameStop. So, GameStop's annual income reported for 2017 is down by 300 million. Interesting enough, the global sales were up by 7.2%, and they had a net income of 34.7 million. So why? Where's this three hundred million? They just had. They just. I mean, seven point two percent up in global sales. How'd you lose three hundred million dollars? Well, GameStop randomly or maybe strategically owns over five hundred AT and dealer stores, and so ATT last year changed their dealer compensation structure. Basically, took more, less, took more money away from dealers and gave them less power. And GameStop owns over 500 AT&T stores, so with the changing the compensation structure, it really hit GameStop probably harder than anyone else in the AT&T network. Yeah, it's true. GameStop owns. So, like, your local AT&T store, there's a higher chance that GameStop owns it than a third, another third party or AT&T itself. Pretty crazy. I don't know where in time GameStop decided that buying at&t stores was a good move but uh it's turning out not to be a good move right now and i think their sales were mostly propped up by the sales of the switch last year and with no giant um groundbreaking consoles coming out this year and at&t causing them to lose 300 million dollars game stops not looking very good so next up We'll just briefly go over this. Rovio plans on cutting compensation for two board members. Those two board members are the chairman and the owners of Rovio. Um, This is after their terrible financial reports, remember I reported earlier on, and this is probably not gonna help in the long run because frankly, this just solves like an immediate cash flow problem, but Rovio has a really bad IP problem and kind of a really bad game problem they're making games that just don't monetize insanely well because you don't have people spending thousands of dollars on in-app purchases in Angry Birds games. And furthermore, I would almost say, outside of Angry Birds, none of their other brands have stuck. And Angry Birds itself as a brand is kind of like in that fatigue state that you see a lot of these brands that cross over like multiple genres, um, hit where people are just tired of it. So not looking good for Rovio. Finally, quickly, uh, Square Enix opens a new Tokyo studio called Luminous Productions, and they're there to work on a new AAA IP, so Square Enix is dumping tons and tons of money into this giant new studio. The studio will be led by COO Hajime Tabata, and he directed Final Fantasy fifteen. so I'm curious to see what a pile of money, a Tokyo studio, and the COO can produce from Square, and i really like to see square take more risk on new ips all right people news we have dean evans creative director of far cry far cry 3 blood dragon leaves ubisoft after 12 years this is a very common story um, you see in the game industry and you'll see why this is a veteran of the splinter cell series in assassin's creed and he's leaving after his unannounced project that he's been working on got shelved at ubisoft so that's very common. You work your way up. You're a director. You're a big mover and shaker at a giant publisher and developer. You're working on some project that was promised to you by upper management, C-level staff, or something. That project gets shelved or canceled. Those people very likely leave right after that. Um, Ubisoft apparently tried to retain them, but killing his pet project, um, I guess, started the process of him leaving so he's thinking about starting his own studio and i wish you good luck dean evans because you definitely have the credentials to do it next up roy campbell is named bethesda's new managing director of the uk and that's how slow this week is because i'm <laughs> announcing people who were uh announced managing director of the uk uh yeah i guess a good job roy campbell um And finally, the bad news of the week. Robot Entertainment lays off 30 staff. So 30 staff members have been laid off from the developer known for the title Orcs Must Die in Hero Academy 2. And I think they've released multiple um, sequels to Orcs Must Die. They say that this is a move to shift the two internal teams to a single internal project, which we all know is probably not a good sign. Um... But hopefully they can strike it big with this next project, keep Robot Entertainment open. I've played Orcs Must Die. It's a good game, good time. So uh, we're cheering for you, Robot Entertainment. I hope not to report on your studio shutting down in the bad news section in the future. So finally, this week in my gaming. So I actually went back and played an indie game, which is maybe my favorite indie game of all time and this is 2012's dust force for those who don't know dust force was made by a small team called team hitbox um some gosh i'm sorry guys i you're somewhere out of europe i forgot where but i'm pretty sure it's a team of about four people dust force is a very difficult platformer where effectively you're running around and hugging edges of a map and you're quote unquote like dusting the edges of the map so there'll be leaves or dust or something and your character runs over it, and you can wall run and wall jump and do all this stuff. And there are enemies that you can attack, and you have various attacks. When you're doing this, there are four characters to choose from at the beginning of a map. All four have different properties. Some have very long slow jumps. Some can triple jump, and so on and so on. I would say the biggest takeaway, and if you're looking for examples of this, this is why you go to Dustforce. So Dustforce has levels that... When you first play them they feel disjoint like it feels very broken up especially later on the harder levels and then once you master the level the levels are intended for you to play through in one smooth motion like you never stop and you're just one smooth motion throughout the entire level it's not a platformer where you're gonna like complete sections and stop on a ledge and look at the next section and then try to judge you know Okay, what's my strategy here? Or, okay, I'm going to regroup, and then now I'm going to attack it. No. In Dust Force, levels are completed in one smooth motion, and you're trying to just get your score as high as possible. And uh, it's great level design, great feeling to the game. For aesthetics, um, very nice animation and art style, though, I don't know. This game was released in 2012 by a Small Team 2018. I am sure a lot of you artists and like fans of um, fancy aesthetics probably are gonna find be turned off by this. I still love them. Um, it's very minimalist textures, um, very nice animation frames, very nice poses. But once again, it's a small team, so don't expect you know the Legend of Zelda, the Wind Waker, or something. And I this is my personal biggest attachment to the game is it has the best soundtrack, hands down, of any game ever. Not just indie games, any game ever. The soundtrack is by Terrence Lee, also known as Life Formed. But the soundtrack can be found online, YouTube, um, and please buy it if you like it. But go check out the soundtrack because easily the best soundtrack of any game ever. And it's a very... um, very unique soundtrack. I really like it. So there you go, Dust Force. Go check it out if you're into platformers like Super Meat Boy or N Plus or any of those. <clears throat> and there you go for this weekend games or last weekend games. And you didn't miss anything by me not recording this on Sunday. And but I'll be back this Sunday. And this week's shaping up to be more interesting than <laughs> this last week. So I'm Eric McConnell and I'll see you guys later. Bye.